And uh, you can also make potions with multiple effects. Mm. So you can brew it with HP and then move it all the way back across the map to the other side and brew it with like mana or something. There's not a, I but haven't really poison. seen it. Not, well, I mean, you could, oh. but you're not going to find a place to sell it to except uh, maybe other merchants. Here's a health potion with a little <laughs> kicker for you. <laughs> a little, little bonus in there. Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Walker Deer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and this week we discuss Brett's time with the recent early access entry, Potion Craft Alchemist Simulator. If you want to support Pick Up Your Sticks, you can buy us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi slash pod. So what's up, Brett? What's got you mixing up your flasks? <laughs> uh-huh. I, I was I was wondering. I was wondering if you were going to go for it. <laughs> I saw you reading my facial expression, and I was like, "Say something." I really would have rather used beakers, but that only came to me in this moment. Ah, so. uh, well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm uh, I am playing Potion Craft Alchemist Simulator, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah, well, so I'm I'm really intrigued to talk to you about it because honestly. I I saw it on Steam and saw positive reviews and told you about it. And that was it though. I didn't look into it further. Right. I didn't I haven't asked you a ton about no, it. No, we haven't we actually have... talked about it. Right. And this is like this is this is a rare treat for the audience is a game that we like it, <laughs> we've both been kind of busy lately, so we haven't had a lot of off the podcast experience. Well, and I wanna I wanna explain like, uh, it wasn't quite 10 years ago, but nearly no, I mean, like eight years ago, it's like six to eight, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, You and I started talking about like because we had uh, like Game Maker mm-hmm. Pro or I don't know, some one of those. It was in a humble bundle, like the full version of Game Maker was available relatively cheap. Yeah, uh, comparatively. So, so we got it. And you you had kind of this idea you've been kicking around about. And I won't speak for you, but some sort of alchemy simulation game. And we were like, well, I bet we could because it, it's not something that demands high visual fidelity. Like it doesn't right. need to look like cyberpunk. <laughs> I don't no, need ray tracing for no. it to be compelling. We were actually like, both kind of inspired by like um, prison architect and like rim world where yeah. like you could do a lot with a little. Yeah, I mean, even some. I don't know that. It, I guess it probably wasn't out yet. I was gonna say Stardew, but I don't know that it was out yet. But Stardew's no. in that yeah, similar camp of like literally a single person made. In this case, it would have been two of us. But then here's this really fun experience. That's yeah, everything so is like two to three frames of animation. Like right, really complex. Right. Um, so we messed around with that for a while. Uh, ultimately, neither of us really had the the dedication that it takes to to that idea to truly make a game because right. we're having, we would have to learn all sorts of new skill sets and whatever. It just didn't come together. But since that time continually, I probably not as much as you, but probably an amount that would surprise you am constantly on the lookout for such a title. <laughs> I mean, I so it sounds fascinating. I tried a second stab at it. Mm. So I have, I actually have a bunch of, I don't think I've ever shown this to anyone. Um, I have a bunch of concept art for because the biggest thing for me that I always end up struggling with is like GUIs and menus like coding. The game is easier, but uh, coding buttons and like inventory screens and stuff is just a slog. Like you don't realize how many buttons are in a game until you have to like make one. Right. (laughs) And like everything is a button. And and now the fact that Assassin's Creed maps everything to one button is like, well, I get why they did it. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> let's just do one button, guys. It's we'll just fine. go back to Atari controllers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I and I did a bunch of other concept art for like potions and ideas and things that I thought I might eventually bring in and, and try to do again. And once again, just it's it's a raise. I hate coding a raise like I work mm. in Excel enough. But when it, when you put an Excel document into an, a single cell in an Excel document, my brain just melts like I can't track it. So, yeah, I stopped. <laughs> right. But yeah, so over the years, there's been like a few like there was some 
gotcha kind of game. Mm-hmm. By gotcha, I mean like the microtransaction driven right. type thing. Um, but yeah, one of those that was like a potion shop that you run or something. There's been a few, but they all a are kind of like those simulator games where like they lean into the actual like the fact that you're a shopkeeper and so you have to like set stuff on the shelf. And it's like, yeah, that's not really the part of this that's fun for right. me. Right? Like, or they they go in kind of the other direction, which is like you sell stuff to the heroes, but then you go play as the heroes in the dungeon. Right. Like, I don't want like like that's cool, but that's not what I'm looking for. I want something that's a little bit more narratively driven. That's not about the hero, but the, really all of it was inspired from towns. Right. Like right. all of it was just towns was such a cool idea. And I wanted to kind of zoom in on one part of it, like the inn. Yeah. But then also zoom out and build the rest of the world around that and just focus on making a game out of that smaller portion instead of having to control the whole city kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And just for anyone who hasn't heard us talk about it on other random, because we've never done like a towns episode um the towns was a game from a decade ago that was an early access title that basically was like a town simulation game where the idea is that it's like a diablo one or torchlight one style town where there's a, a village and underneath it is a sprawling cavern of monsters and demons so npc heroes come to the town and you are managing the town that the heroes then go into and then use as a launching point to go run their dungeons. But you don't play as them. You could watch them, which right. is kind of hilarious. You could have but, a little bit of, you could like build an army, like guards basically. Right. It was a lot like a Nomoria or a, what is it? Um, What's the crazy popular ASCII one? Dwarf dungeon. Fortress. Dwarf Fortress. There we go. It's I'm sure not quite actually. <laughs> right. Dwarf Fortress is like a, 13 year long development cycle that I think is still going. Yeah. And they're Uh, doing a a full visual upgrade. Right. Which soon in my head, I tell me means I want to play it. I don't know if I can, (laughs) but I, I want to, I want, want, yeah, I want to, I want to have that much free time. (laughs) They, I mean, they simulate like entire civilizations and stuff and like, it's crazy. Anyway, towns wasn't that complex, but, (laughs) but it's anyway. So, so the point being that in towns, it's it's like the Diablo trope, except from a different angle. And so your point is with this alchemist simulator thing. It's like, well, again, it's cool to be the hero, but there are lots of games where you're the hero. There's nothing where you're just the alchemist and, and in a meaningful way, not just in right. like, here's a health potion and a mana potion. Like, okay. <laughs> right. I have 800 billion of them. I have an infinite supply. <laughs> I have 99 X. <laughs> um, and you can gamble on these white rarity items. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 uh, potion craft though, I showed up in early access in September and I don't know how I saw it. I just, cause it's not like, you know, it's not Valheim. It's not tearing up the charts right. that launches or something. But somehow noticed it, mentioned it to you, and you checked it out. So yeah, please tell me now that I've spent eight minutes talking. <laughs> no, <What> no. <laughs> um, so it's funny because I actually saw this game either in development. It, maybe I saw it on itch.io as a demo version or something. Uh, I don't know that I actually picked it up. But I saw some like YouTube videos on the dev or somebody else playing it or something, and it didn't really. It was like, nah, this isn't what I'm looking for. Um, but then youth had said something about it, and I also at the same time had seen it pop up on a couple other pages. In fact, the same person that I watched that uh, had played Hex Cells uh, had played Potion Craft and was like really far into the game. And I was like, oh, there's like a lot here. Like this is this has come a long way because I when I saw it was, I don't know, a couple few years ago. And so I was like, well, sure. And I'll go. And it's like early access. I was like, yeah, I don't know. But I also like this guy recommended hex cells and he was having fun with that. So like and I've liked other content that he's put out, like I haven't really been steered wrong. So I'll give it a shot. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it is still I, I will start by saying it is definitely still early access. But I like where they look like they're trying to go. Um, so I, I played through, I don't know, maybe 
10, 15 hours, maybe even 20 hours worth. I could check, but whatever. Um, and kind of got to the point where there is more that I could do, but it doesn't seem like it's going to, it seems like I would miss a lot of stuff if I like did all of that and then waited and came back later when, when new stuff came out, because it seems like a lot of the stuff is going to be in between. And some of the things that I may be unlocking may be useful later that really aren't now. Um, but it's really cool. You, you, it's a very, very simple game. There's like five screens, right? Mm -hmm. So there's like your, you, and you navigate with like up, up, down, left, right. So like up is your, bedroom where you can sleep and progress to the next day um then left is the shop where customers will come in and try to buy stuff from you right is the magic garden where you have like a magical tree that just every morning you'll get a random assortment of herbs and and mushrooms and stuff growing there that you can harvest and then down is like this broken uh alchemist machine uh, like basically like advanced gear. And then in the center is just your alchemy pot. And you've got like a little, you've got a pot, you've got a mortar and pestle, and you've got a, a bellows to like heat up the potion. So is it like an isometric view? Is it like, no, it's like down? a, okay. it's more artistic. It's like a, like almost like a point and click adventure view. Okay. But, the shop view where your customers come in is just like you're standing behind a cashier stand and customers walk like left to right. They stop in front of you. They're like very simple. It's like the art is good, but there's not a lot of animation. So yeah, I just like pulled it up to look very, very unique looking art style. Frankly, mm-hmm. It's almost kind of hand drawn, like a colored pencil, but like good not yeah. like crayon drawing, but like a good colored pencil kind of shading on like parchment. There's a lot of parchment aspects to it. Do you ever see your character? No. Okay. Yeah. You are just the alchemist. Gotcha. Um. So, okay. So, um, let's see. So, uh, I don't know. I, I guess what is the, what's the primary gameplay loop of the, yeah. of the game? So you wake up in the morning uh, usually go gather all whatever herbs are available next to the magic tree, which you just click on them. There's like no mini game or anything there. Um, and then go check and see there's, there's basically you can't sleep to the next day until you've served every customer. Mm. You can turn customers away, but your store does have like a reputation, uh, value and a morality score. Um, <laughs> and so your reputation goes up in levels and is but is flexible it can go down in levels too Hmm. and whatever your reputation is it will dictate uh the kinds of deals that you can get from merchants uh the types and rarity of things that people will bring to you uh the types and rarities of potions customers will ask for and how much you can barter for or haggle with with those customers So you want to keep your reputation as high as you can and turning down customers lowers your reputation. So you go into, I generally will go over to the customer's area most days and see who comes in and you'll get a customer that comes in and very early in the game, there's not a whole lot that they ask for and there's not a whole lot you can do or sell to them. Right? So like your first customer comes in as like, I'm a guard and I just shoot away some thugs, but they beat me up pretty good. Do you have a health potion? And then you go to kind of the core area of the gameplay, which is the map and the potion making. Mm. So when you go to your cauldron, you can bring up this map and it starts. Your cauldron is always in the middle and you can basically uh, the map will have like, skull and crossbones zones and like different little uh, question mark spheres around the area. And it like unexplored, like a, like a fog of war. Right. Mm -hmm. And your herbs, you have a, a, a big different selection of, and each herb you have. So on your, on top of the cauldron, there's a little potion bottle on the map. That's where you start in the center of the map. And each of the herbs when you hover over them shows on the map, like a dotted line with an X at the end of it. And then a lighter dotted line that continues. 
and like none of them are straight. So you've got like zigzag to the south is one of the plants. And then something that like curly cues to the right is another plant. And then maybe you have a mushroom that like hooks up to the left and then arcs back down or makes like a check mark or something, right? And wherever the and the X will always be halfway along this path. Sometimes it's a, a repeating pattern path. Sometimes the first half of the path is one thing and the second half of the path is something else, right? Okay. And so what you do is you can, whenever you take one of those herbs, you can put it in the mortar and pestle. And when you do that, you can very slowly or very quickly, depending on how you want to do it, mash that object like into a paste or a powder or whatever. And as you do so, the, the X that is halfway through that pathway will move down through the pathway. So the more you grind it, the further that X will go into the light gray. So it always starts 50%. If you grind something, you go 100% or okay. you up to 100%. And then you can put that in your cauldron. When you put it in your cauldron, you can stir it. And again, you can stir it as much or as little as you want. But as you stir it, your little potion bottle will follow the path that that dotted line has been that you put on the map. Okay. And the goal is to try to get the potion bottle onto these little like to explore the map and then to find question marks that are also shaped like a little potion bottle. And center your potion bottle up as much as you can to the spot on the map. Okay. And the closer you get it to center, there's three tiers of potion. So you can get like tier one, tier two, and tier three. And tier three is where it is like basically dead center mm. in this little image. And once you're there, you heat it up and it poof, it'll discover whatever element is in that circle. So, like, the first element you discover that's kind of on the map with a little question mark, you move to it, and it's poof. You've discovered healing. Okay. And so, you, when you make the potion, it plunk, and it gives you a healing potion. And it is, like, depending on the grade, it's healing one, two, or three. And then you can take that potion and go back into your store and sell it to the person. And you can choose to sell it, or you can choose to haggle. So the guard comes in and says, hey, I need this healing potion. And right then you leave to go do the crafting. Mm hmm. Yep. OK. Yeah. And you can craft it beforehand. But yeah, like when you first start the game, you don't have anything. So, right. Yeah, you've got to. So you go, you craft the healing potion, you come back and you can haggle with customers. It'll lower your reputation, but <laughs> you get a chance at getting more gold. It won't like it lowers the amount of reputation you can gain. Right. Um, you could still gain positive reputation, just not as much. <laughs> and it's a little mini game, kind of a, a click slider game. If you mess up, you can you can haggle and lose Ooh. and and owe more. Oh, and, and or get let, like the customer wins in the customer's favor. These customers are shameless. I, tell I know. You. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually it's it's kind of hard to describe, but it is really fun because, like like I said, none of the herbs, and there's, I mean, I've gotten maybe 20 or 30 different oh, herbs, wow. mushrooms, stones, other magic items that you can get. And they all have varying lengths of travel that they'll go. Like, some of them go really far, some of them are really small, and varying degrees of, like, angles, curly cues, like, zigs and zags and whatever. And so... You can also, when you're when you're making a potion, at any time you can add water to it, which will drag your potion in a straight line towards the center. Mm. So sometimes you can kind of overshoot your mark, and then to get something that has a curly cue that angles you up, you know, to the upper right a little bit more, and then add water because that pulls you back in towards the center, so you can get like a tier three potion. Hmm. And then you also have like an alchemy book and it only has a few pages in it at first that you can save the recipe. So every potion you make requires certain ingredients and you can make because, because a health potion is not based on the ingredients you put into it. It's based on how those ingredients are mixed and everything. Basically it's based on how you get to that point on the map. Because ultimately that's what, so that's what I'm trying to, to still understand, which maybe for everyone else, this is blatantly obvious, but so really when you pull up this this map as you're referring to it as that's effectively in some ways the recipe book mm -hmm. right 
you're trying to navigate the cursor for lack of a better term to right. whatever potion it is you want now when you first yes. start you have no idea what those are but let's say you have five potions unlocked eventually right you know where those are on the map ahead of mm -hmm. time and so then you're just picking ingredients to drive you in that direction correct and you can kind of choose how you get there because you could mm -hmm. maybe just stir one a tiny bit to just go a little distance and yep. then get something else to take you farther whatever yep okay and it's and the the other thing is is that that like 50 percent mark that it puts you on you if you add a second ingredient no matter what it'll go from that point forward wherever you like stop so you can't go a quarter of the distance for something you have to go all the way to the end of wherever you've mixed it before it, you can add another ingredient. Okay. So there is kind of like, and there's skull and crossbones areas on the maps that if your potion moves across too much of it, it'll like fail the potion. Right. Okay, not, not just make it deadly. Yeah. It won't make it deadly. Okay. Um, that's what I was kind of hoping, <laughs> but there is poison. You can, you can make poison later. Can you give um, someone a poison that wanted a health potion? No, okay. <laughs> they'll just say, why am I just evil? I what know, is wrong right? with me? You call me the evil one. <laughs> um, <laughs> can I just point give, they ask for a love potion to give to their secret admirer. Can I just poison them and tell them that it was a love potion? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This is why I love Grand Theft Auto. Go on, so, go on. So there's a couple of there's a couple of few different things that are fun about this. That that like so one in the early game you have very few ingredients and they all travel very short distances, but they're kind of plentiful and cheap. And you also get a recipe book that you can save your recipe. So that way, if I get to the health potion and I make a health potion, I have five blank pages in my recipe book, and any one of them. I can save as that recipe and it puts a little tab at the top of the book. Okay. And it'll say this recipe uses these ingredients in this order with this number of steps. And you can basically click it and auto make that potion. Nice. I was going to ask that. Yeah. So now I have a recipe for health potion, but I could only get health potion level one because I didn't have very good ingredients or I didn't want to use a lot of them. Right. So later on, maybe I get better ingredients and I can get to health potion three but it's more expensive to make now because I'm using rarer ingredients or sometimes somebody comes into a store and wants a health potion and I would prefer to give them health potion three and they would pay more for health potion three, but I don't have the spiked cactus root. Like, so right. I've got to either go into my book and find an older recipe, but since I'm limited on pages, I may have deleted it. So I may have to hand mix one and try uh. to remember what I did to, to kind of get back there. Huh. Um, you can then buy like more pages for your book later. And there are different merchants that will come through and sell you things like some will sell you the miner sells gemstones and rocks. And they're a little bit different because they don't actually move the potion on the path. They'll teleport the potion. Oh, so you can skip over treacherous areas and, and, but they're really expensive and kind of rare so you want to save those for really specific potions until you beat the game with nine 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 right extra until you stones. have nine nine nine. Um, one of the other things that I kind of like is that not all of the customers are come in and straight up go. Ah, I got beat up. Do you have a health potion? Like maybe a customer will come in and there's almost like the tiniest bit of oh what was that um the game where you approved people to come into the the papers, country. Please. Yeah. Papers, please. There's like a tiny bit of that. Like uh, somebody will come in with like a scar on their eye and be like, I need to open a very difficult lock for reasons. Do you have anything that can help me with that? And you can, there there's, I, I'm not sure if there's multiple ways to solve every customer's needs, but it doesn't always say what they want. And so you have to think like, oh, well, what would open a lock? Maybe a vial of acid, right? Mm. And so do I have acid unlocked? And maybe I can and use that. And sometimes they'll be like, you know, a hero will come in and be like, I need to fight a fire demon. Do you have anything that could help? And well, like you'll want like an ice potion or something, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you can also make potions with multiple effects. Mm. So you can brew it with HP and then move it all the way back across the map to the other side and brew it with like mana or something. There's not a, I haven't not really poison. seen a, not. Well, I mean, you could, oh. but 
you're not going to find a place to sell it to except uh, maybe other merchants. Here's a health potion with a little <laughs> kicker for you. <laughs> a, little, a little bonus in there. You I'm know? sorry. I'm you're gonna, you would have no no <laughs> reputation. <laughs> you just kill all your customers. I'll tell you what I would do. I would sell them from your store. Anyway, go on. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Swap these labels. All right. <laughs> <laughs> from Brett. There yeah, exactly. <laughs> That looks like his signature. Good enough. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, forgery simulator is what I'm into. There you go. So. Yeah, that's what you need. You, you should play Thief Simulator. You might yeah. like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I kind of like that aspect of it where you've got a kind yeah. of a, a little bit of a riddle. Like, they're not super hard. Um, but some people will want to, like, cross a giant chasm. And it'll be like, well, do they want a bounce potion or a flight potion? like you know and if you get something wrong too many times they'll just get mad and walk away mm. like they'll, they won't buy it um and like it, i i like the like that kind of aspect of it and i also like you have this exploration aspect of it too you've got this map and you're trying to balance how much money you're making and making potions that customers want but also the only way to explore the map is by making potions and just mixing random ingredients together and going off and exploring the fog of war. And you get like, there is an experience point system. There's a leveling system and a skill system. It's not very complex. It's like better bartering, better haggling, uh, bigger vision radius. Mm. And, um, like maybe I don't think it's use less ingredients. I think there there's a couple of other very minor skills. Mm -hmm. um, and but yeah, you you also kind of want to explore this map. So sometimes you may not be setting out to make a specific potion, but go in a specific direction. So right. as you buy, you can buy more pages to your your potion book so that you can store start storing up different recipes for each potion so that you can stockpile certain ingredients. Like mm. I need to go northwest. So if I can make certain potions with ingredients that don't do as good of a job going northwest, but maybe take more of them, I'll I'll spend more money buying those and save up the rare ones that are going to take me northwest really well. Right. So that way, at the end of the day, when I've served all my customers, I can look at what ingredients I have left and maybe use some of them just to explore the map with. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things that I'm honestly pretty intrigued by so far, and this is a minor one, but, you know, to your point just about the dialogue with the customers, it, that might seem like something to quickly pass over is like, yeah, okay, they have little riddles, but to your point, it's not like you're, you know, beating your head against the wall trying to solve it. But what it does is it engages you as the player to at least have to think about what the the customer is saying and like what that might mean. And I think that's important because in games like this, it can get so mindlessly repetitive. If it is, everyone walks in and goes, I need a health potion. I need a poison. I need a mana potion, I need whatever. Right. It becomes like, uh, can I just see a list then? Like, why do we have yeah. this? Can interface? I just click left and right little arrows right. that well, and, and there's also some fun in like, there'll be some recurring characters so like the person with the scar may always lower your morale if you mm. give him like he'll pay really well for stuff. But if you feed him poisons and acids and potions of invisibility and things like that, then like more guards will show up with injuries. So they'll need more health <laughs> potions nice. and he'll buy stuff really well. But the morality will go down. And I haven't tried to go into evil character territory yet. I don't know what that does. But like, I like, I like that. That's just a thing. Right. Or you can tell him no and he'll lower, you know, like a little bit of popularity, but a big boost to morale mm. or like, you know, morality or whatever. And the other thing is, is that s different people will use the same potion for different things. So you can get like a potion of confusion and the guards and the hunters and the heroes will be like, I need to confuse my enemies or I need to distract a monster. Is there something I could tip an arrow with? Right. And then you'll get this hippie coming in. That's like, I heard that you can make mix up a drink. That'll make me see all kinds of wild psychedelic colors. <laughs> like, and yeah, you sell, you can sell them the same potion of confusion. <laughs> that's pretty great. 
That's pretty well. It's it's just it's nice that it like leans into trying to bring in a whole community, not just heroes and guards and bad guys, and you know what I mean, like not just your stereotypical fantasy scene. And there's also like a fisherman who is always trying Mm. to catch wild fish, so he needs certain potions to like Hmm. use as bait or to hook certain types of fish with. So you know. It kind of like Terraria esque fishing where they're all really weird fish, but that's right. kind of the same like feeling that I got off of that. The greed of the gaming industry has corrupted me, but I'm already thinking DLC and I'm thinking which simulator fits perfectly into this. You know what I mean? Could you add little I feel bad saying critters, but that's what witches use. So well, and so so <laughs> there is a hunter. Like mm. and he looks kind of like um Oh, dang it. Man, my brain is just fried right now. I can see it in uh, The Witcher. Like, like oh. he looks. Yeah, he's got like, like the Geralt. black leather. Yeah, like Geralt, like black leather, like white eyes kind of thing, like a red dagger on his chest or something. Mm. And he'll want like health potions or hunting potions of various types. And there are some dialogue options because you could talk to a bunch of different people to like get different dialogue from them. And it'll you can ask him. Uh, cause he's always talking about hunting these rare beasts and he, and you can ask if he'll sell parts to you. Oh, and he says, currently I can't do that, but if I find, if I find a good way to harvest their pieces, I may be able to, to do that for you later. Mm-hmm. And it's literally the game saying, basically we're in early access. We want to do that, but we're not going to right now. Right. And so I think that would be like a really cool addition is yeah. Like if you give the hunter, good potions and he's always able to buy from you then you could eventually buy monster parts from him right like tale of eye of newt and and tale of basilisk or whatever you know i will say too i mean and and i'm I'm curious to i guess see what your thought on it was but to me this just it seems like an ingenious system for making the alchemy game because it seems like they've for the first time that i've ever heard of actually succeeded in making a game where the game is constantly about like what's bringing you back to play the next time is further progressing as an alchemist by unlocking new potions and discovering Mm -hmm. new things. And the fact that your book is limited, at least early on, and I used to buy more pages. Yeah, you can buy more pages. They're expensive though. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's cool because like you said, maybe now you've overwritten one of the early recipes that you used because you haven't needed it in a while but you find yourself in a circumstance where you do need it, but the recipe is no longer saved. So now you have to go make, maybe it's not the very first health potion, but whatever, one of your right. earlier potions maybe by hand again. So like it, 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 it just kind of keeps it fresh versus you feeling like it's just this linear path. And like, once you've made the health potion, you'll never think about that again. Right. right? And it, it's also like, because the potion isn't based on the ingredients you put in, it's not always, two wart root and one you know, right. bark it's it's the way you get there then you're constantly balancing your ingredients and what the because like there's your garden will grow certain things but you like you cannot get rocks from the garden so you have to rely on the miner for that and there's a bunch of there's like an herbalist that'll come through and a scientist and a few other recurring characters that'll sell things to you that you either get very rarely in your garden or not at all mm. And so you're constantly balancing like and you don't set the price for your potions. They're set kind of by the ingredients that you put in the popularity of your store and the quality of the potion. And so you'll always kind of turn a profit if it's good quality and you like haggle for it. Um, But like that having that balancing act there is is always interesting because you could make the health potion out of really high powered ingredients that get you a tier three potion in like two steps, Mm. but you may not get a lot of those ingredients. So if you save that recipe, it could be kind of useless, right? Because you just may not have the, the things that you want and you'll get, there's kind of like, it's not just an early game problem. The number of pages, because by mid game customers will ask you for potions you haven't discovered yet. So you've got to decide, are you going to take that time to go into the map and try to discover their potion and hope the direction that you go is the right way? Right. Um, And maybe waste a lot of ingredients and not get it. 
and then not be able to help other customers? Or are you yeah. going to turn them down now? Or do you have that potion discovered, but you couldn't save the recipe when you found it and it's really far out and you don't remember how to get there or don't have good ingredients that, you know, don't guarantee that you're going to get a successful make on it. Right. Like because everything requires very fine mouse movements, it's easy to overdo stuff. Ah. And because the, the you can take very precise and exact motions, which feels kind of like you're mixing stuff. Right. Like, and there's even things like, so when you heat the potion with the bellows, there's like sand pit kind of areas on the map that will spin your potion around them. So you can kind of use them, but they spin based on how hot it is. Mm. So if you do like a quick pull, it may just spin your potion and suck it into the middle. But if you like very slowly just add a little bit of air, it'll like eke your potion around the edge and you can kind of use it to propel you further. Huh. And maybe get somewhere. And so, like, you're constantly kind of fine tuning where, like, I'm going to I'm going to go three. If you're very close to where you need to, like, make a health potion or something, you don't have to go all the way to the end of your dotted line. You can mm. use the bellows at any time to complete your potion. So you may add just a little bit of water and then just stir the pot a little bit to try to get something that is some curly cue hook to get land and and you have to like dead center it for a full quality potion. Right. And so it's, it's kind of fun and it actually shows in the recipe book, like stir, grind, grind, stir bellows, like Ah. add ingredient. Like, so it kind of shows you how you got there. Um, and then there's a whole nother, the, the other kind of long-term part of the game is it has chapters to complete, which has like, you know, sell your first potion, discover potion of flight, you know, make a thousand gold or whatever, have 10 pages in your book, have five recipes filled. But then there's also the alchemy machine in the basement, which is broken and busted. And it is used to work your way up to like the philosopher's stone. So like, it's actually a lot of like albedo and a lot of different ingredients and things that are kind of actual alchemist kind of history and whatnot. Mm. And the scientist will sell you new parts to fix it up with. And when you fix it up, you can get these advanced recipes that require like seven potions. And like, so the first one container needs uh, a like a potion that has tier one HP, tier one mana and tier one poison all in the same potion, which are like on three completely separate areas of the map. So you have to use a lot of ingredients to get to the like you may have a level three potion saved, but you don't want a level three. You want a level one. Right. And then work all the way back across the map to get a level one and something else and then work all the way south to get a level and then like do that five different times with like this one's level two acid and level two plant growth. And then and once you complete all of these vials and do it all right then you like pull this lever and it makes some super crystal that you can then Mm. currently doesn't really do a lot, but it looks like you can later uh, change the base solution that is in your potion pot because currently it's water. Um, I think they have one other solution, which turns it into something that when you pour it in, instead of taking you in a beeline towards the center, it takes you backwards on the path that you were on. Um, I see so it, it looks like they've got a lot of really cool ideas for content that's coming. Um, I, d- I didn't discover everything. I got to like chapter seven or eight somewhere in there. Again, about 10, 15 hours of gameplay. I really love where it's going, though. And and I'm I am really excited to see more, but I want to leave enough so that I can start a new game without like having discovered everything. You haven't exhausted it all. Yeah, yeah. So I I did definitely kind of back down from it and say, okay, I like where this is going. I'm going to give this eight months or a year or so and see a couple of updates come out and see what happens. Yeah. No, I mean, it sounds really, it sounds really fascinating. And honestly, it, you know, the thing that, that, that it jumps to me, I guess, is that like, there's a, there's a gameplay method that is mastery of it. Right. So, there's there's some level of mastery of understanding the recipes and how to get there if you need to do it by hand. 
Um, but then there's also a level of mastery to the actual mixing. Like you said, these really precise mouse movements and stuff. And I think that that is super important for a, a game to stay fun for a long time. Uh, because otherwise they can just, and, and honestly, I will just admit, Hey, 40 minutes MMO. Ding, ding. Um, my primary experience with crafting anything in games, I mean, I guess like Ark and Valheim and games like that, there's certainly a lot of crafting, but they're really not that different from MMOs where it's basically, there's a recipe that tells you, you need one of this, two of that, three of the other. And then you combine those and you do that by clicking a button and watching a progress bar fill. And that's it. And so even if there's like a really big recipe book to unlock, and maybe that's interesting in some way, the actual process of the crafting is very boring very quickly. And once you've unlocked the recipe book, that novelty is gone. Like you, right. you've done it, right? Um, so I just think it's really compelling that they've managed to find two different gameplay methods, if you will, or you know, mechanic systems to insert that kind of level of mastery into, which to me, again, makes it seem like it would be something that could be intriguing for a lot longer than. I think the other uh, thing that I love about it is that there's no timers. Mm. There's no, cause a lot of games of mastery, like skill shots in league of legends, right? The mastery is not just hitting it and knowing the distance and knowing exactly where somebody is moving to, to get it that they will intersect your shot at the exact right moment, but also the speed at which you have to run that calculation. And right. that can be stressful. It can be fun. Like it can be a fun kind of stress, but it can also be like, there's days where I don't, I'm tired. I don't want that. I don't need that level of stress added to my gameplay right now. And in this, like a customer can wait, until you run out of ingredients like they do not care there's no timer like this customer needs a potion of flying in three minutes right like you've got to get there by hand like no it's whenever you feel like it yeah and i think that that's really cool because it allows you to build that mastery at your own pace without feeling like there's no competitive element to it there's no nobody else is waiting on you Nobody is rushing you and you're not like scoring points. It's just you becoming a master alchemist at your own pace. I'll tell you, I love XCOM. I hate the XCOM missions where you have to find the bomb within like six turns or whatever. Right. And that's even a turn-based game. And it's mm -hmm. still like, oh, come on with your pressure. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is nice to know that there's... Well, because the thing is, is that... And not to attack XCOM, that was just a joke, but... Um, <laughs> instead of just forcing a very obvious pressure on you, such as a timer, the pressures instead come from like what you said, where it's like, well, how much money do I have? How many resources do I have? How much is this reputation gain or loss if I can't come through really worth based right. on the economy of my shop, which is all of those other things involved? Like, And that's interesting because that's a lot more subjective Mm -hmm. And it's a it's a lot more up to the player versus, yeah, it's been 180 seconds, man. So that's over. Sorry. <laughs> well, and I also like that things don't like the same health potion can get you different amounts of gold based on just the ingredients that you put in. And you don't ever know. Mm. Like, I I didn't like it at first because I couldn't min max. And. Right. But then what happened is I just continually got profit as long as I haggled decently and with the right customers, some customers, if it's an El Cheapo potion, I'm not going to haggle because I'll just take the reputation gain out of it. And then for somebody that wants an expensive potion, I'll haggle really hard and get as, as much boost as I can out of it because 20% of, you know, a thousand gold is a lot more to, to profit off of than 20% out of, you know, 10 gold. Right. Like. So I'll take the reputation hit there. And somehow I was always kind of making it as long as I was doing like it didn't. I'm sure there are failure states um, for like running out of money and tanking your reputation or whatever. Um, you always get some ingredients from the garden. So you could probably always make something. And if your reputation goes low enough, you'll just people will only want crummy health potions from you. Um, but they won't pay much. <laughs> right. Uh, but it having that being obscured like 
made it actually feel more medieval, right? Like in a Diablo, suddenly going in to play Excel in the shop menu always felt kind of weird. But like haggling for something and not knowing the customer's like, I'm going to pay this much gold. Or sometimes they'll say, like, I would pay more for a higher value potion. Mm. And like letting you know, like, if you can mix this to level three, it's worth a lot more right. to this specific customer. And like, I don't know, just having that obscured and it being the customer saying how much they're willing to pay and you not knowing because the herbs, like if the herbalist comes in, their rates are different every day and certain herbs will be rare and you might sell back because they're like the stock market kind of game comes in uh, where you may have stockpiled a bunch of something that you don't use much and now it's worth a lot today. So Mm -hmm. sell it and get gold instead. Or would you rather you know, buy them out of something when it's really cheap because you might want to, you know, go south on the map later. I don't know. You know, like it's it's all very up in the air and nothing is stagnant enough or or, or static enough for you to really try to build like an Excel doc or do any kind of min-maxing with your pricing or what ingredients you're using. Yeah, I mean, I just had this thought. I don't know if it holds up or not uh, under scrutiny, but I feel like, because I'm definitely someone who also, and maybe everyone is this way, um, but we'll try to min-max things in a game, right? But really, it's like, when I'm having a lot of fun with a game is when I'm trying to min-max, and I can't ever really do it. Not because the game is broken in some way that doesn't allow me or cheats me out of it or something, but because there's, like, so Stardew Valley... You can technically min-max if you look up a spreadsheet of, like, the prices of all the plants or something. And then you could look at their schedules and determine how many crop rotations you could get to to sell in a given month because the crops are only available for each season or whatever, right? Right. But you're kind of picking that because there's not necessarily an objective that you have to do. Right. And there's more than one way, like... Yeah, you could try and sell the most expensive plant, but maybe it only has two cycles a month and there's one that's cheaper, but it cycles four times a month. And right. So there's more. And so it's like it's not. And again, I'm sure you could perfectly min max it or something. But well, yeah, but I think the other thing to that, yeah, especially in like a Stardew Valley is just that like, but then you can't play any of the other things because you might risk if the harvest has to be perfect then you can't go flirt with townspeople or attend certain, like, you know, you have to time your days out. Well, and that's what I meant is like, so that's true. If you think that the highest objective in the game is to maximize your money. Mm -hmm. But if you think that it's building relationships with the town people, then maybe you don't care as much about min maxing the crops because you're more concerned with maximizing your time on when you're seeing people and giving them gifts or something. Mm -hmm. Or like rebuilding the community center where you need one of everything. Right. Yes. And so it's like, I think that when a game um, doesn't allow you, again, not through, you know, bad rules or a broken game or something, but when a game, when you struggle to min-max is really where kind of that sweet spot is, which is Mm -hmm. (laughs) counterintuitive. Well, no, and I think it, it comes back to something, too, that you talked about in game mechanics in the past, which is meaningful choices. And I think that obscuring some of the meaning in a choice by making it a little not directly gambling per se, but a little bit of gambling, like like some hidden information and some risk makes a choice seem more meaningful, maybe than it even actually is. But I think that that can still be very fun. Well, I, I think it's I think the reason, though, is because that's actually just life, right? Like it seems like if I'm going to go to the grocery store, I know that I'm going to get in my car, I'm going to back out of the driveway, I'm going to drive down the road, take a couple lefts, get to the grocery store. We're there. But but I've always joked when people will say, like, well, X could happen. I'm like, yeah, a plane could fall out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Legitimately in California, like a week or two ago, a plane did fall out of the sky into a house. <laughs> so quite literally anything's on the table. And obviously the risk of that is tiny. Right. But, but the point is, I mean, you call it gambling, but it's also just it's a form of risk, right? Mm-hmm. There's some element of like this might not go how it's supposed to go. Right. And that can feel bad in a video game because we all know it's a program and so it's meant to work a certain way. But I I think you're absolutely right. If they can, if it can be designed in such a way where it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel wrong, that it's not a math problem. 
exactly every time. I think that does feel a little better. Well, I think that one of the other really cool things about it is like on the map in, in, in Potion Craft, those skull and crossbones zones, like the further out you go from the center, the more of them there are and the tighter the pathways get. But none of your ingredients give you straight lines. Like, right. and even if they do, the likeliness that that lines up is rare. So, like, your potion can move over a certain amount of that, but you don't really know how much. And the dotted lines aren't—they're—they're they're exact to the point where it'll always stay on the center of that line. But the outer edges of the bottle is what gets affected by the the zone so it's kind of a how close can i get to that zone and how much overlap how long can i overlap because right. it'll recharge once you're out which is kind of nice you don't constantly you don't have like an hp bar that just goes down so like if it does two curly cues like do i have to add water or use an ingredient that i'm just going to use without mixing and without maximizing the the distance i'm traveling just to get me away from this zone or am I going to risk going through the zone maybe twice? But if I make it, then I'm in this new unexplored area or I get to something using half as many ingredients, right? Like, right. So it, it's it's playing with that. And when you're halfway into the zone and you realize you may not make it out, do you add water to get out? Like, do you just dump the potion? Like, there's a, there's a whole lot of things that you could do to change the situation you're in, but could put you in a worse one. Like, and so it's kind of interesting. So I'm curious with the ingredients. Do you, you said you get them from like the magical tree. Is that currently the only way to get ingredients or do you have any control over what ingredients you'll get day over day? Um, there's not a lot of control over the ingredients you get day over day. The magical tree, there's kind of like, it seems like there's tiers of ingredients. So there's kind of like, a basic level ingredient for each of the cardinal directions like north south east and west that have a minor variance they don't go very far but they also don't vary a whole lot in like there, down or left or right is the text for these white and blue and green and no no and orange okay no it's all it's all this just the same it's all but black. how can i tell <laughs> right yeah because it's what's valuable to you <laughs> And if it's worth buying that mugwort that tells that goes super far down, but it's overpriced today, well, that's where you want to explore next. I I, uh, I wish I could be just a fly on the wall to hear your complaining about unfair prices today on various <laughs> the mugwort. Are you kidding me? I, I do spit that. At you. I, mean, I do that. Yeah. Fine, I'm going to buy all twenty of your wind roots. Like, you have them on sale today, and I have gold. You'll be back. You'll be back when you're out of stock. <laughs> but no, there's... And, and you don't always get all of the same customers every day. So you the miner may only come every three or four days. Right. And, like... And you may... It depend, it's Again, it's balancing. Do you want a surplus of gold for when the miner comes in? Because you're trying to get to a certain zone that is surrounded by skull and crossbones. So you have to teleport over. Right. Or, like... But yeah, to get like the tier two and tier three items, there's basically like a mushroom seller, uh, the the miner to sell rocks and like an herbalist that sells kind of all around stuff. Mm. But they seem to be the only source of like tier two and tier three, I guess, quote unquote ingredients. Right. Um, so far. Now, it does seem like there's some room to make ingredients visa uh, the alchemy machine later on. There's I've only built the first level of the alchemy machine, and I think there's like four levels like the philosopher's stone is like, I don't know, 30 potions that are all multiple ingredients. Like it's insane. So it seems like there's a lot of room for the game to get difficult because even though you've saved potions for your base potions, you know, all of these multi-mix potions you still have to do by hand. So I think right. that that's, you know, that still brings you back to having to do because when you're just selling potions, if like in the mid to late game, I would call it that I'm at, like I have a recipe saved for just about everything. And some I have two to three grade three recipes saved, depending on the ingredients that I want to use. Uh, and it'll tell you how many of that potion you can make with the ingredient, like on each tab that you have. So I'll just look through my tabs and see which has the highest number and brew that one so that I'm not using up whatever I don't have a lot of. Right. And whip through every customer in the shop, go to bed, do it again, go to bed, do it again, and just build up my money. 
but then flip the gameplay, buy a new alchemy stand piece, go into the map, buy up all of the herbs that I can afford, drop myself to zero gold and now go exploring. Right. And so like it, it, it has a variety of in what looks like such a simple game. There's such a variety of gameplay with the same mechanics that I don't know. I really I haven't even talked about the thing and it took me probably longer. Well, definitely longer to realize it in game. But you can it is so simple. But I think the one thing that I did tell you is I sent you a screenshot like halfway through my gameplay. Uh, I found out you could customize the potions <laughs> visually. Like, visually. So you could have different. There's like 20 different jars. There's different labels. Mm. You can rotate the little symbols that go on them. So you can make like thin, skinny potion vials and big, fat, grandiose health potions mm. and, you know, like rectangular mana potions. And, right. You know, there's one that there's one that looks like a lightning bolt, one that looks like a rock or an explosion or whatever. Like so. And you could change the colors and stuff, too, and make like just change the way they look. I think you could have like three or four gradients of color on it or something. Hmm. So you can have all kinds of fun with and set it as the default for that potion. So like all of my poison bottles are super skinny and like little vials and all of my health potions, or you can set the default that just all tier three potions come out of this style or whatever. So I, I don't know. I love that part. I love being able to make it mine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely now am really pining for multiplayer. Um, because I need to see what potion designs you have, and then I'll be like, "Oh, red oh, fat one for health, huh? Looks like yeah. my poison is now red fat." <laughs> <laughs> Just so we can swap some labels. <laughs> that is correct. So the I then this may not be the final thing. I don't know, but the next thing that I think of is that I that we always have to ask. Certainly yourself is what do you think of the sound design, both from sound effects and then also soundtrack. So very limited um it is very much so a game made by maybe one or a, sm a small no more than a small team right um there's like uh maybe a couple of different songs very gentle medieval kind of atmospheric lutes and harps kind of stuff um there's no combat so there's no like high action adventure uh you know there's there's only a couple of few songs and there's not a whole like what sound effects there are are pretty well done because you can like crush up anything in the mortar and pestle and not everything crushes the same way, which I also think is like the gentle mouse movements that work for a mushroom may crush it super fast, whereas a rock, you may make a gentle mouse movement and it doesn't do anything. So you've got to like kind of lift it up and whack it down to get it cracked at first, which like jumps your movement down. And from there you can make minor motions. So like mm. there's some variances in, in some of that and it makes really good crushing sounds and mixing sounds and things like that. But there's not a lot of those sounds to be had. Sure. Right? Um, you know, there's generic coin cash register clinking noise. There's, you know, potion bubbling success noise. Right, right. There's a poof, you know, like there's not a whole lot to it. Um, but what's there is good and, and is pretty well done. Like, I, I definitely never found myself like being like, Ugh, like, like I was never taken aback. Would it be um, more fun to play to the Doom Eternal soundtrack? I don't think so. <laughs> Although I might if as you as you label my health potions poison, I may label your po poison potions rejuvenation so that your hunters go out fighting monsters and <laughs> just rejuvenate. <laughs> so I can heal back get to back. Parts. Right. <laughs> You just never, I'll just tip all of their arrows with Phoenix Downs. And <laughs> like, this will kill the dragon. I'm trying to hurt your reputation. You're literally just destroying my customer base. So they're just dying. You were killing my customers with poisoned no, HP. No, the they were just getting sick. It's no. just a little stomach thing. No, you wanted to dump acid down their throats. <laughs> this is fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I got to say, I mean, I. You know, like I said, and this is why I prefaced the beginning of this episode with our kind of journey. I mean, it's again, it was the thing you were looking for and looking to make more so than me even. But 
I feel like I'm a part of it still because I've I've thought it was intriguing as well. Is this the closest thing, at least, that you've ever found to what you had hoped for in an alchemy game? Yeah, definitely. It's it's not everything that I want. Um, but I, I mean, you've sent me several games that like there's been mobile <laughs> games. There's been PC games like we've been on this hunt for a long time. This definitely is the closest that anything has come so far to. If not the vision that I had, because it's not like I like called these people up and like, hey, make sure. this game. But definitely like the experience that I was shooting for. Right. It's it's not all the way there. I I can't wait to see what they do. Like I it sold, I'm pretty sure it sold fairly well because I've seen it pop up in a number of places. Sure. So I'm really happy for that. Uh I hope that they make plenty of money and are able to continue development on it because I would love to see where it goes. I would love to see customers that do want uh dual purpose potions. Um I would love to see for more of the things that you make in the alchemy engine to influence how you travel on the map um, and various ways to kind of expand that gameplay some I, more types of customers, the reputation system being worth something so that you could have kind of because there are like good and bad characters and you could tell there's kind of good witches and bad witches and good thug like thugs and, and guards and stuff. So like seeing more of that and maybe you know, the evil witch is the only way to get the death cat mushroom, which does something, but you have to have like negative morale to attract her as a customer. Like, I don't know, right, like that right. would be super cool. Um, and, and just, I'll just more, like I want more for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So I guess, uh, that leaves us then with, uh, if you were to summarize it, why would you say potion craft matters as a game? I mean, the first the first bit really is just like it's the experience that I've been looking for forever. Right. Yeah. Like I wanted to make a game. I didn't really want to make a game. Right. I wanted to have this experience. And I thought the only way I could have it was if I made it myself. Right. Um, But I think that I mean, just in general, I always I mean, you've heard me argue a, a bajillion times over the in my opinion, the two most underrepresented classes in fantasy games Ooh, are let me guess let me guess oh no, you got it okay go ahead <laughs> i mean you've already heard it like you. a billion times no, I know. I know. <laughs> honestly i it, wasn't sure on artificer that's why i was excited oh, okay this, but. okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just like and especially like i mean the number of times that i've tried to, in towns that was the mod that i made was an alchemy mod mm. um in uh god torchlight 2 I was constantly trying to find combat artificers and combat alchemists. And Terraria, I wanted to... Because Terraria is a really good potion system that I like, but there's almost no combat potions. Like, I want to throw battle potions and stuff. Right. And have that be a tiered thing. That's that, that you don't have to swap out to guns after you beat Eye of Cthulhu. Like, it's, it's just... I feel always underrepresented. And seeing a game that is solely focused on that and really dives into the various aspects of the experience... I really enjoy and I hope that they do more with it. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. Like I said, I, I think it sounds, you know, listening to you explain it all sounds super compelling. And I just think it's really cool to see. I mean, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but this so Minecraft, as an example, couldn't really exist until it did. I mean, maybe by a, a year or two or something, but right. the hardware technology just wasn't there to have a procedurally generated infinite voxel world. Right. I just couldn't do it before then. But this doesn't seem like a game that is only here in 2021 because of technology limitations. It seems more like we actually needed whoever this team or person or whatever it is to come along with these ideas and put them together. But this could have come out in 2011. I mean, Maybe yep. the indie game market couldn't have supported it, <laughs> but no, for sure. For sure. No, I think, yeah, it's nothing about it is technologically groundbreaking. Yeah. But I think that combining again, I think one of the other really important things about it is it's a casual game. Yeah. Like there's no threat. There's not ever going to be a creeper that shows up at my base. There's never a timer or anything. I can play it for five minutes and save or I can play it for an hour and just get in deep. And and I think that games that allow me to do that, that 
everything is on my timeline. There's mm-hmm. no rush for me to get to the next level. There's no rush for me to discover something. At most, I'll disappoint one or two of my customers, but I'll recover from that pretty easily. Like, And so, yeah, just everything being... But without being... It's not, it's not a puzzle game, really, but there's puzzle elements to it. It's not a... It, I don't know. It's a, a very gentle game that doesn't like... Because a lot of puzzle games amp the puzzles up until they become impossible, right? Right. And like it doesn't it it doesn't do that, but that doesn't make it less engaging somehow. And so it's really nice to have a game that is casual but with depth. Right. Yeah. No. I mean. Yeah. I mean. To me, it just seems like it's a completely innovative thing, and I love that we still see completely innovative video games that again are not only innovative because it has ray tracing and that physics VR. Yeah. And not that I have a problem with those things either. No, I love them. Um, But, you know, even something like Hades, which, you know, I loved. Hades is definitely innovative within the genre that it exists, but it is very much derivative of super giants own games, let alone, you know, lots of other ARPGs. But this is like, there's not really something else you can point to where it's like, well, you know, if you go back five years, you go back 10 years, here's an earlier version of that. Or right. here's something that's kind of the grandfather of that. Or something. Like there's shopkeep games, but that's like a third of the actual gameplay here. So Exactly. Well, and that's what I meant by like so many of those games end up emphasizing like put stuff on the shelves and get a bigger shop. Your customers don't steal or what mm-hmm. it's like. Again, for who that's for, great. It's it's never what I've been looking for though in in that that space. Right. Yeah, I mean Graveyard Keeper was kind of in that kind of, like not quite, but sort of in that like it felt like it was what I kind of wanted, but was doing too much at once. Like I Yeah, yeah, Graveyard Keeper is an interesting title, but Graveyard Keeper is like super derivative. Well, I shouldn't say it's derivative because I have no idea if they knew about Stardew Valley when they made it, but right, it feels... when they started production. Yeah, it feels in a lot of ways similar to Stardew Valley, just the evil version or something. Great game, and we have a whole episode on it. Yeah, so it's It's not meant to hate on it at all. Um, Well, anything else you wanted to cover about Potion Craft today? No, I'm really excited. I'll I'll give an update whenever there's a a couple, probably of unless they do giant, uh, you know, updates, which they said it's very obvious that they are actively developing it. and that they they are showing their hand at where they want to go and where they want to go. I am interested in um, really. It's just down to if they pull it off and if they add a couple of few things to keep things interesting or evolve that mid to late game so that you aren't doing just the same exact thing over and over, um, then I'll be really, really excited for it. But outside of that, I love it. So that's all for our episode today. If you like this episode, consider buying us a cup of coffee over at a Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash P-U-I-S-Pod. Or just tell a friend about us, because word of mouth really does make a difference. All of the links and our social accounts are available down in the show notes. And if you want to hear more content from us, Walker hosts two podcasts. One is The Walk Show, which talks about the walk of life while interviewing various guests, as well as The Crowfall Podcast, which shares stories and perspectives about the MMO of the same name. And my podcast, Dungeons and Dinners, is where the love of fantasy is food for thought. 